0: It's The Daily Talk Show, episode 869. Andy, wow. Tom Lee,
1: welcome <laughs> back to The Daily Talk Show. Wow,
2: 869. Ham mm-hmm. and I were trying to work out how many shows we've done in our life the other day and you guys are really tearing it down. I'm worried <laughs> you're going to
1: overtake
0: us. <laughs> how many episodes? For how many episodes? 20
2: years? Well, we think, and look, it's sketchy because we we don't have all our university radio shows, but mm-hmm. we we're just trying to roughly do what it was. But we think around about two thousand five hundred and fifty. Oof, oh. It's a lot. That's well more than it's Joe arrogant, isn't it 's an organ isn 't it but that 's over that 's over twenty years. you guys are already <laughs> in the eight <800s>.
1: hundreds <laughs> yeah 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 and and, and we 're actually sixteen. we just have aged a shitload in two years <laughs> attempting to do this many no 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 we're, so we 're trying to do ten years andy we 're trying to when I say trying to, we are going to mm-hmm. but wow. that should lead us to a couple of thousand, so it should only land us at but, but I'm happy to continue, Josh, if it means mm-hmm. we're b- going to beat Hamish and Andy's yeah, amount of nice. If we were to we're win in something, it would be nice. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're doing... Uh, we made a pledge of 40 episodes for 40 years was, was oh, no. the podcast. Um, so, you will incrementally get us um, but because we're only doing 40 a year. But that's the promise, the 1600 over 40 years. Is that Um, actually... Is is this something you've spoken to? This is definitely... This is not true. Yeah. This is what we said on the podcast. Oh, great. We said, yeah, 40 40 for 40 years. (laughs) Wow. So, we're in year three Mm -hmm. of the 40 for 40 years. I mean, the great thing
0: about these grandiose promises is (laughs) you can sort of just make them. Like, it's so far away.
2: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But then with our listeners... um, we constantly get reminded of things that we've promised and not delivered on, and so oh, yeah. um, and people send in the audio from like 2006, going, "Hey, you said if this had didn't happen by this date, uh, you would do this." And sure, we ignore most of those, but at times the other person will bring it up, particularly if it was a claim that Hamish made. I'm always very keen to bring it up to him and go, "Hey." This rem- yeah. I'll remind you of this moment and play it for him, and then generally that that storyline starts again.
1: Well, the the guy that you banned from the show for years, and then you had him back <laughs> on. Like you see, how if you just make enough promises, you will come through on a few of them, and they yeah, and they are great. Exactly. Like that was a great <laughs> exactly. That was amazing, yeah. um, Andy. the 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 difference between the everyday radio show versus the podcast. Mm. What's been the shift in you and Hamish and your friendship? Because it's it's a unique working yep. relationship being around someone doing the radio show versus mm-hmm. once a week. What has mm. that shift been like?
2: Um, look, I think it was it was timely because um, with all everything else going on, you know, Hamish got Lego Masters and other shows, and his and a family, and he used to just kind of feed my attention. Now he's got Sonny and Rudy, and he should spend <laughs> some time with his wife. So I think. As far as lifestyle goes, it means that um, it's a great it's a great balance, uh, and also we probably chat more as pals now because mm. it's not the daily. What are we doing today? What are we doing the show, etc. It's it's a weekly thing. So yeah we, we trade uh, we trade more text messages, more phone calls, just budding it up, which is uh, which is probably which is pretty nice to be honest. After you know we had a ten. Probably a 10-year spout of, um, of, you know, it started out as just uni mates and it was just mucking about and then it got quite serious, even though serious in its silliness, but there was certainly, a, you know, the daily radio to, to be doing, um, so it's kind of nice to circle back to that.
0: I was looking, you, you were late to Instagram. You only got on Instagram like three years ago. Very late. You, but very quick on TikTok. Like I feel like for, for your demographic, you've got to be almost like patient one in, that, in, in some regards.
2: I did it for that exact reason. It's like I was so late on Instagram. Yeah, that it could because anyone that's on some a bit of social media earlier gets more followers. <laughs> like it's just the way it happens because everyone's picking things up and they're not discerning when 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 something starts. It was the same. Hamish and I were very late on Twitter um, mm. individually, but and you see people take it up really quickly and they're not discerning because mm. it's a new form of media. Then if you get on later, people are like, ah, do I really want to follow this guy or not? So, basically, as a safeguard, I started a TikTok just to get a number in case TikTok ruled the world. I'm not very good at it. I actually haven't been on it for like six weeks, I don't think. <laughs> but, but, but yes, that was the reason why. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: it makes well, sense. Well, we love a um, sort of a rebrand, domain names, handles. Josh informed yep. me that you've just uh, shifted your Twitter handle. Yeah. Big move. Big move. Huge move.
2: move. Well, the thing was I had a different Instagram handle to Twitter, mm-hmm. which a lot not of people me. do. It's a, yeah. But Fast and loose, Hamish
0: Blake is doing some of the worst. <laughs> 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 Hamish Blake Shots is still available on Twitter yeah. if you want to pick
2: it up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, what happened was someone took my Twitter handle and made a fake Instagram handle. And, okay. and vice versa. Someone mm-hmm. took my Instagram handle and made a fake pit, uh, Twitter page, trying to, uh, to trying to be me, okay. which is quite easy. It's just <laughs> playing golf and drinking beer, so it's not. It was pretty easy to pretend to be me. Um, and so that was a strange thing to kind of look at. And I was like, "Oh well, I've tr- I should try to." And when people are tagging in you on the o- opposite one, they often get it wrong. Yeah. So I thought I should try and uh and sync them up and i would noticed the other day that the twitter had gone on and disabled um the the person impersonating me So people must have reported him or something Mm -hmm. or him or her and i thought well this is an opportunity to to see if i can get that handle um and i could so i did talk talking about golf the school
0: that i went to um in high school was called glen eagles and I oh, got yeah. the, I got the Twitter handle, Glen Eagles, and <laughs> oh, I found before. an old email of me <laughs> yeah. contacting the Glen Eagles Golf course seeing if I yeah, could do some sort in of Scotland, contra. Isn't it? yeah, where <laughs> I gave them the Twitter handle in exchange for a, a few rounds of golf, but they never wrote back so if if you think that you could potentially do something with it, I'm happy to give you Glen Eagles on Twitter.
2: I will eventually play at Glen Eagles yeah. <laughs> Uh, Can you Hamish tag has, me? <laughs> Hamish has stayed there, which is oh, really? so weird. He d- doesn't play golf. <laughs> um, he's just looking for a nice place to stay after we did a trip through um, England and Scotland. And mm-hmm. his, Zoe was traveling across and, and knowing Hamish, he probably would have just typed in. Something very quickly and booked it because he'd promised Zoe that he'd done it four weeks ago or something. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so he ended up in Glen Eagles. He loved it, but he's like, "I'm like, Are you, I, I really want to play that golf course," and you're just <laughs> just having having walks and having having lunches. So um, yeah, I will, I will definitely get there to play because I've got this. You know, I've, that is the retirement plan: is to mm-hmm. pick off golf courses around the world, and I'd love to play. I don't think Glen Eagles is in the top hundred, but my goal is to. Spend a year or two and and play the top hundred golf courses in the world if I can get on, and that to me would be an amazing year. Boring for a lot of people, don't get yeah. me wrong. But well, that would be great what for
1: me. what actually makes a top level golf course other than green grass and it real you know it mowed properly. What good what hot chips gives at it clubhouse? I believe. Oh yeah.
2: Oh yeah. <laughs> 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 well, I mean, I'm about to delve into something that's super interesting to me, uh, but you guys can edit this guy. <laughs> no, <laughs> I mean, no, 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 this is great. <laughs> okay, um, how would I describe it to people? That okay, most people like food more than mm-hmm. than than golf. So let me try and use food analogies. Right, great. Yes. Great. You are right about the way it's mown and how green the grass is. Even how fast the actual greens run and how pure they are. The ball doesn't bobble around. It's just pure. It's like on carpet. That makes a good golf course. So, I suppose that's like the food itself. The ingredients have to be good, right? Mm-hmm. So, fresh good ingredients. Then you're talking about the ambience. The You go into a beautiful restaurant, obviously dimly lit. They might have lovely fixtures, fittings, etc. The golf course design is just as important. A hole and its design, the way it uses its hills and the way it puts bunkers and trees, etc., is just as exciting. You can get there and go, that's a good hole, that's a terrible hole. And I know that makes no sense to a lot of people, but there is a golf course, a public one next to my house down the coast called St. Andrew's Beach, which is so highly ranked and it's a public course just because of the design. The holes are really clever.
0: What about weather? Like, I can imagine it gets nah, wind, windy never, in the coast. Never, like, weather's not ne, an never issue.
2: Come, never comes into it, I don't think, when they judge golf courses. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why, but you, yes, there's never, some of the like. For instance, in the top of Tasmania, a place called Barn Burgle, uh, ranked number one and two, or two and three um, in the country. Royal Melbourne's still number one, but yeah, two and three in the country. But. It gets super windy and super rainy down there, so you've got to pick your time to go. But the courses are incredible. Surely that's a consideration, you'd think. Anyway. Nah, because <laughs> you're meant to. you meant to brave it all. It's meant to uh-huh. be for all conditions. Yeah, yeah. I mean, have you um, have
1: you experienced one that was at the top that you know, according to you know, at Andy Tom Lee that you haven't rated it.
2: Well, I mean, you guys having played Tiger Woods Golf on PS4 or Mm -hmm. something back in the day or PS3, Pebble Beach is a very, very famous course. Yeah. Um, And and for golfers, even if you're not a golfer, Pebble Beach might be the one that I didn't think Pebble was as good as I'd hoped it would be. Hopefully, they allow me back on. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But also, when you play really shit, you can think that the course is really bad and <laughs> I didn't have a good day. So, maybe that was it, just my own little demons coming out.
0: You, see, you hear that like uh, Donald Trump apparently cheats a little bit when he plays golf. Yeah. But then... <gasps> a
2: dog- I'm, reading a bo- I'm reading a book called Commander in Cheat. Uh-huh. And it- it's about a guy that played golf, a lot of golf with Donald Trump and realizes realizes the way he cheated in golf is very close to the way he cheats as a president and the way he lies and the way he goes about his whole life. Actually, is this is is the way he treats golf as well? It's quite fascinating
0: because he says that he's got a handicap of four,
2: like, which would be a d- huge lie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's your handicap? <laughs> I'm off six, uh-huh. um, but I, I'm I'm probably worse than that. At the I got mm. lucky on a bit of a run, which can bring it down. But mm. four is extremely good yeah. um and i've seen here the way he swings it and <laughs> ain't no, no good that, it, what is the not, what's this
1: what's the similarities of i'm not trying to compare you to donald trump but just golfers <laughs> in general <laughs> well, what are the traits well, of people who like well, golf and how does it sort of how does it translate to you know normal life well, for most I-
2: I've, I feel like I'm on an uphill battle with golf because it seems like this current spokespeople <laughs> for golf are Donald Trump and Sam Newman. Yeah,
1: <laughs> and,
2: <laughs> and so anytime like I'm like, you know, enthusiastic about it, I think most people are more excited about knocking them down and hoping that golf dies very slowly. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I'm not putting um, Trump and, and Newman, you know, entirely in the same basket, although try, Newman is a Trump supporter. <laughs> But um, yeah, it's it's a shame that uh, those guys are the face of it all. But I, I look, there's a lot. What I found, what I didn't realize until I started playing, was that a lot of my favorite creatives play it. So, um, mm. which has been really fun to start playing with them and get invited out with them. So, Rob Sitch, um, who is uh, from Working Dog, you know, he wrote the Castle, um, and. and um, and director the dish and you know like he loves his golf and and we play a lot and sam pang glenn robbins loves his golf um, and, and we and we play a lot and so there's this group of people that you can go out mick malloy loves it um and it's a, the thing i love about golf i realized um is it's actually the chatting far more than the golf i don't i've never go and play by myself Are you a Um, walker or do you go on the golf cart always walking? Yeah, yeah. always walk and it's the only time in life really for me because I like being busy and like being connected but I turn my phone off for the the golf game takes about four and a half hours, five hours and no but, one seems to look at their phones like it surely just is there's a, a great
0: edit. app like i feel like because i used to play golf a lot as a kid like i would i'd yeah. be on the course like seven days a week type of thing terrible i think i was at the max which is a 32 handicap for juniors <laughs> um, <laughs> and spent like a lot of time but i feel like there were contraptions like do you have some, like a do you still use a scorecard with a pencil yep. does, does that help yep. you with your cheating <laughs>
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well no because the the if, if you're handing in a handicapped card, mm-hmm. you actually hand the card to your playing partner. You're not allowed to record your score. Are they mailing by yourself. or how are they? <laughs> no, no, you, you hand <laughs> it in. <laughs> yeah, you, little raven at the end, you just give it to it. So at the end in the clubhouse, you hand them in. But mm-hmm. you, so if 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 I was playing with you, Josh, I would mm-hmm. give you my card at the start of the round and you mark in my score for the that's whole round, right. Yeah, yeah. then you sign right. it and give it back to me and I do the same for you. So, that's how you're meant to stop cheating and it, and it does. It really does. Like, you, even if people miscount, you know, sometimes you might walk off and go, I got a five because you missed a putt that was tiny, like, you know, a 10-centimeter putt but you in your head already thought you'd made it and you like, got a five and the guy's like, oh... Wasn't it? I oh, wasn't a sit. Oh, yeah, I did miss that. So sometimes, uh, unwillingly, you might might think that you might accidentally cheat. But so it's good to have someone that um, that keeps close eye on you. But, Not um, necessarily
1: for us, but um, golf would be a great place to take someone on a date. Like if you're just doing banter yeah. and you're you're focused on the, the chat, it's a great idea. I mean, I well, guess that's mini is, golf. It's that. Well, that's I nearly the- flipped
0: the golf buggy. Remember in Fiji <laughs> with Breen. I've got a GoPro footage of her saying "no"
2: as we fl- we actually we got air. Well, it's, I mean, people talk about different meditations. You know, mm-hmm. the, this. I don't. I don't meditate as such. But then realized when I've read a bit about meditations, like, oh, this is exactly what I'm doing when I go out there, mm-hmm. like concentrating on something that's completely different to your life. I don't tend to get think about work at all because I'm so focused on. What am I going to do for the next shot, etc.? And if we go back again, this might be so boring for everyone. But if we go back to what we talked about with design, um, my neighbour um, down down the coast, he's one of the best golf designers in the world. Um, he used to be a pro. He he, um, he he's won uh, a bunch of titles. An older fellow, lovely guy called Mike Clayton. And when I I often play with him. And he tells you why a course is good or a hole is good or not. And a. Is it depending on how he's playing? It's like, (laughs) shit, design this one. (laughs) But, and I like this for life. A good hole gives you choices when you stand up on the tee, which is (laughs) like, I can get there in many different ways. I don't know that sounds really bizarre, but like, that's why shorter holes are often better because you could be conservative first and then have a longer shot in or mm. you can have the risk reward of going trying to go longer with a shorter shot in, which makes it easier. But yeah. that's that's what a good hole does. And and so, I love getting up onto a, a tee box and trying to go, what is the designer wanting me to do and where is the risk reward and am I feel like going to take that on? And I love making those calculations. And it's so far from what I've got to do for work Gee, I've got to sign those documents. Oh, my gosh. Someone's suing me for libel. Uh.
1: <laughs>
0: Can I do um, one final
2: uh, one final golf question? Yeah, of course. Uh, I mean, I'm loving this, but I don't, I'm worried that no, you, is, you, no, you, guys are, are you guys are data data guys. You, you'll be able to track how deeply this <laughs> yeah. fell off. As we um, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we're, we're going to put it on
0: all the golf forums. Um, I'm going to send this to <laughs> yeah, Glenn this Eagles plat- to try and put my case together. But the... Um, <laughs> Uh, what's your favorite? Which will also get it. Sorry, <laughs> Pebble Beach will yeah, receive yeah. this. But I will be Shit. going there. So the uh, your favorite uh, golf club, as you know, mm-hmm. like not as in the, the course, but actually like you know, yep. swinging. Uh, and are you a putter guy? Because you see people who have like fucking thirty different putters, and every week they they've got the the new one that's got some ridiculous yeah head on yeah, it. No, you know-
2: I, I get sucked in a little bit to technology, but but not really. I kind of. Just get my clubs and, and, and kind of stick with them. I've been fortunate in recent years that because of my love for golf, one of the brands reached out and said, Hey, we really love what you guys do and mm. uh, what you do and how much you love it. And they send me things. So I feel a bit cheeky in that regard. But um mm. as far as the clubhouse, <clears throat> there is I, I'm a member of Peninsula Kings, which is this mm. beautiful clubhouse. Like that's your traditional golf kind of thing. Mm. But I would say my favorite is this one at St Andrews Beach. They ran out of money. It's a shipping container. Um, it's a shipping container with a deck out the front that they built the deck and they were hoping to build a clubhouse many, many years ago, over a decade ago, and it's never got, got done. Wow. And so that's my that's my favorite is having a – they only sell cans of beer at <laughs> <It's normally laughs> the local brewery and sitting out there having the can um, outside the shipping container is uh, is my favorite.
1: So well, good. I mean, if you if if you still wore your um, clothes from when you were 15, you couldn't afford clothes, they would come back into fashion. That's what they've yeah. done. Put a shipping container, <laughs> yeah. it looked pov, and it's actually yeah, yeah. become... Hipstacle. It's vogue. bohemian now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in London, I went to a place called Cargo Bar that was literally just made out of cargo ship containers. And yeah, it's the I've coolest thing. How yep. good is it?
2: Yeah,
0: I mean, yeah, a lot of the times these container things end up like I've watched a bunch of YouTube videos to actually get the containers working. It ends up costing more than just building an actual house. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I agree. But there, there was—I mean, I, I saw a grand design where so a person was using shipping containers, but mm-hmm. the amount of welding and cranes required <laughs> yeah. to get all yeah. the, the containers uh, going, going in, in sync—I mean, the house mm-hmm. looked amazing. But yeah, I'm not sure if it was a huge cost saver for it.
1: Yeah, are you are you handy around the house? Are you a DIY guy? Not too bad. Um,
2: I, I am a bit particular, as as any listener of the Hamish, Hamish show would know. I'm particular about things being done right and finishes. So I will have a go at things, but I will want to make sure that it, it looks as good as it could, I suppose. So yeah, harder things I won't. I probably won't won't have a go at, but mm-hmm. uh, I can. I tend to be able to fix things more than build things, I would say.
0: Have you had any projects, like DIY projects since since lockdown?
2: Um, a few, th- mainly plumbing-related ones. <laughs> which, is <laughs> so, like which is so... They're like emergency sort of things? Or? Well, yeah, one was like a, 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 a smell. I was like, oh, gosh, I'm going to have to do this no matter how much baking soda I throw down this thing and try to release the stench. <laughs> Turns out that uh, the S-Bend wasn't kind of... Uh, wasn't kind of um, sealing up. Oh, I hope but, the
1: s bend doesn't seal up. Uh, <laughs> oh but, no! <laughs> yeah, exactly. But um, and then like, do you know what the s bends for? Do yeah. you know what the s bend like? To well, stop I just only got told. Yeah, I only got told that. Well, what was recently the answer, sorry? to stop smell. Ah, oh, okay, sure.
0: And so, the, that was yeah. why you... So, this, so, JJ, the
1: it's the w- the water is mm-hmm. there to prevent it sort of coming back up, mm-hmm. which makes a lot of sense, but somehow I get it to smell even when the S-Bend's working. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, if
2: because the, the, because it comes down and, and in an S and goes back up and then heads down, there would be an amount of water that sits... Does that make sense? I'm trying yeah, to describe. Yeah, yeah. It's almost listening. like because
0: mm. the st- the smell of like still water or whatever, like it yeah, goes a bit gross. Right?
2: Yeah. So this, mm-hmm. if if you don't use your tap for a long time, it'll start smelling because that particular bit of water that's in the s bend, similar mm-hmm. to a bath toilet, mm-hmm. will will get stale. But a tap that's used regularly will wash out that stale water. It stops the stuff from the sewerage or a septic tank wafting all the way up because it creates its own cap. The water <laughs> creates its own seal. Mm. That's. Gee, I can't believe it. I yeah, thought the golf was boring. Yeah, we've ticked off golf. The, the plumbing,
1: plumbing. Mean, what's next? Yeah, what's yeah. next, James? I mean, <laughs> I mean how, how hard is well, it?
2: Oh, I, I, I just had a. Here is what's been terrible.
1: Okay,
2: I had a rat die in the in the wall.
1: Oh no! Oh no! No! And
2: so maggots have been coming oh. out of the wall. Oh! And there is oh. a, not a lot you can do about it. You can get rid of the rat, cut, but you have to cut into the wall.
0: You're gonna to have to do it though. Like, surely at some point you're gonna to have to do it. Well, What's like? What are you hoping two and for? Half,
2: well, two and a half weeks. A maggot will. Uh, I've read about this as well. A maggot will decompose the rat. The rat will become nothing in two and a half weeks. So, so you're the waiting for
0: stop. maggots to. Like, do you not do your dishes oh, too? Because no. you're just waiting for the maggots.
2: <laughs> so, well, the thing is, it's like, do I, I? I I couldn't do this myself to cut through the wall. Um, hmm. If it was on a plaster wall. Maybe you could attempt it or get someone else to do it, but it's oh, on a stone wall. Oh, oh no. So, uh, it's a problem with something in the castle. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly. I would have had this it. problem all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and, you know, and I, I'm, that's why I'm holding off Maid Marian coming around. I, just don't, I, don't, I don't want to have to smell this. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> oh, God. So, the solution is either. You can cut into the roof and drop these deodorizing bags down the cavity to cap- try and capture the smell and still let the maggots do their thing. Or it's two and a half weeks. It's two and a half weeks of a smell and wow. yet the maggots do their thing. So, the maggots will s- are slowly finding their way out of the wall. I don't know how. but So, I'm on mag patrol oh. And oh. because Beck doesn't want anything to do with it. Which and room is it in? Living room, which is not <laughs> great, yeah. So, Beck, like when the smell when the was at its worst, Beck was just not. We're not watching anything, okay. there was no series no, that was compelling or to get us a lot of golf, get, oh, there was a lot of <laughs> <Yeah>. golf. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, which was kind of fine for me because I was like, Oh, I, the footy was on, so I was like, Okay, well, I was, I'm happy to withstand the stench, um, mm-hmm. things are worse, and I can watch football, but um, yeah, now it seems like the maggots have done their thing. It doesn't really smell anymore, but they're just coming out full as a good. Oh. They've had a huge, they've had a great oh, no. lunch and they're coming out. And um, and so, yeah, I'm on MagWatch every morning. I wake up and Beck goes, you're going down to clean up that and I'll- Oh, so there's the like, ma- what do you mean clean up that? What are you cleaning up? You're Where- Well, I'm cl- I'm cleaning up all the maggots that are coming out of the wall. How many maggots? Oh well, at, early on, I would say tens close to a hundred, <laughs> but now it's oh like, my. yeah, now it's more closer to uh, I don't know, it's like a ten a day type thing. But oh, do you think wow. next time you have real- it right because like there is that
0: like two and a half weeks that you've had to wait? Is it worth it or is this like waiting for Instagram? Next time it comes around, you're gonna to- hit it like TikTok.
2: Now totally worth it. I'm trying to find a photo for you guys because I sent a photo. Um, oh, here we go. I think I've got one here. Okay. So, like, this is what I'm... I'm not sure if you can see this. Yeah, just, just, just go to the
0: the center go of to screen yeah, in yeah. front oh, of your face. Oh, yeah. Yeah, There you go. Oh, oh yeah, it's, wow. <laughs> oh, no. It looks like a yeah. trail
1: oh, mix. Oh, God. It looks like you're yeah. going fishing.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. So... I'll go down and clear that out before. And then Beck thinks I've become – because, I, I like, early on, I was like, oh, this is so gross. And yeah. now I just pick them up with my hands. I'm, like, so used to them and beck thinks that's really gross but i we're at the other end it's it's um we're down it's like covid cases It it actually was (laughs) tracking exactly i was looking at modeling from the university of melbourne and how many (laughs) maggots i would get and we were hoping to get under a daily average of are you doing briefings Uh, (laughs) Yeah, yeah, every every morning your north face jacket on you know what's good uh, news I'm pleased to announce that um, we have a uh, maggot count of 12 today, bringing the rolling average down to 20.5. Um, sadly for those maggots, all of them have died. Uh, <laughs> but, but um, yeah, so we're, we're getting close to a zero maggot count. And look, kind of grateful for them because they are the ones that got rid of the mouse and the no, snake. I get it. I or get rat.
1: It is the circle of life. It's the circle of life yes. right there.
2: Or it's, Elton it's, John. I put, I put him on <laughs> as I clean up the maggots. So I put Elton John on.
0: <laughs> how do you like uh, doing a podcast that's about mm. uh, comedy and sort of um, uh, entertainment during a time like a pandemic? What's the conversations mm. that you're having as a team around how you're going to tackle it?
2: We had one really short one, which was mm-hmm. let's not mention it. Mm-hmm. Like it... it's all everyone was talking about, but our show doesn't really reflect topical things. It's more about our own adventures. We're starting up and the interaction with people. I noticed a lot of people writing in um, more than than ever to say thanks. Um, And particularly after that first lockdown, um, the first two two weeks of the podcast going out, people writing in saying, thanks, I'm using my, this is a good escape and so on. So that kind of affirmed Mm. that decision for us, which was really Mm. nice. Um, and you don't realise that that's some people's escape, which is again we're chuffed with that. So, yeah, we we didn't want to talk about it much um, there. And as soon as you kind of put that behind you, you off you go. I remember when it was a similar thing. Our show doesn't do serious all that well. Um, we're fine to. It just doesn't. It doesn't feel like the natural place we want to be. Mm. Um, because it's escapism and it's fun. And I remember have you ever had um, a moment
0: he- where you have gone serious and it's sort of re- it's felt rewarding and it's, it's sort of
2: yeah. There's there's moments where you where you we if we're both super passionate about something. There's moments that you feel compelled to and you want to and and you do. Um, but for instance, when Trump got elected, um, that was a strange day across the world, but particularly in America mm. and can't remember how much, I think it was probably, in, it could have been an hour of the show. Um, we have a lot of US listeners and we just put the call out to them and just said, um, this is when we're doing live radio. Does anyone want to talk about it? And we just kind of got people calling in from the US just saying how down they were. I know not a lot of people were, were up because they were Trump supporters, but there was it was a strange feeling and reflecting that felt like the right thing to do when when the world was just a bit confused as to what was about to happen. Um and then that's a way that we did lean into it. But on the day Heath Ledger died, again we were live on the radio, and I remember recall going, okay, well it was really sad, and and um, and we wanted to acknowledge that, but also wanted because we we're in the afternoon. It's pro- it's all that everyone had heard all day. Because and, and Brad um, Blanks was, was scab-
0: uh, the the first I think Aussie to. To be there, I think, for from memory. Really? Dan with, with Dan Illick? Dan yeah. Illick and Brad Blanks, yeah.
2: Wow. So, we just, I, I again, if I recall correctly, at the top of the show, we just said, hey, really sad day for Heath and his family, um, really sad day for Australia and for all movie lovers. We acknowledge that, but we're going to do our best to um, talk about other things today and take your mind. You've got it all day. Mm-hmm. and uh, and And that was kind of... We said at the headline, and then the rest of the show, we just went on with it. And I think it, that that to me felt like the right thing. So there's nothing more to add, in this in that regard, um, you can do tributes and stuff. But we'd had it, we'd heard that all day, and we thought we'd be the opportunity for people to maybe hear something different. And we've taken that approach a number of times. I,
1: I feel like that's really putting your audience first, and 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 you, the brand of what your show stands for. Has there been times where you've wanted to talk about something but the show just isn't aligned with that? Like it's not that you I wanted to I vent can't or- think. Yeah, I know what you mean. I, I reckon I, I think um,
2: there were times back in the day that we discussed, oh, should we be talking this? Or it might be a serious topic that we're asking for calls on and, and we tried it and it was kind of like it felt like a massive U-turn. Like it just felt like mm. it, it's difficult to go from being so passionate about kids' meals for adults mm-hmm. um, and, and having a huge campaign about that or, or trying to raise funds to, to buy a hoverboard to then turn around and, and go with something really serious because a lot of our comedy was based on taking silly things extra serious and being really <laughs> earnest yeah, yeah. about the stupidness of it and suddenly to be earnest about something that is, you know, quite meaningful is, is a harder thing and I think your audience kind of goes, hang on, wh- where are we, you know, mm-hmm. and you dissent and tell everybody. So we we chose those moments. Um, the Most recent one, I suppose, was we discussed with marriage equality with that, the postal um, mm-hmm. vote on, um, that was a really strange time. Um, and Haim and I were passionate about uh, marriage equality And that was one where we went, okay, no, we want to say something here. We want to do something. We don't want to hide away from it. A lot of political things, we don't – not to say we don't care about them, but don't feel like it's the forum for it. This is, again, a place you can come and escape. But we did – again, we were were conscious to say you should vote this way. Uh, Sorry, not to say you should vote this way, but we did want to recognize that everyone should vote. And I was – and Hamish were both comfortable saying this is – an important thing we are going to vote this way we're not telling you what which way to vote but we think you should and get your ballot in um, and it was a, a softer way of showing our position without telling people what to do and I, and I think that was um, not that anyone probably listened to us anyway but I, I feel like commentators at times tell people what to do and I find that particularly off-putting uh, opposed to making a case as to why they're going down this path and letting us make up for our own mind what we might like to do and I, I certainly react better to the people that, that take that approach
0: you you're described as the people's show it feels like mm. people are divided is does that make life easier oh, oh sorry harder do you think when you're coming like if you think about the early 2000s mm. creating content and then creating a show in 2020
2: um uh. It would if, again, if we decided to lean into those areas. But people don't you I think that like... But, but
0: isn't it... Like you can say anything nowadays and people will politicise it. Like that seems like the crazy thing is like... Yeah. Like say even... Oh, especially oh, the golf, said, golf chat.
1: But golf chat <laughs> yeah, earlier golf on today. <laughs> 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 highly
0: political. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> even like say the Trump stuff, right? Like there, there'd be so many people triggered by that and say, so, you know, lefty
2: media, blah, blah, blah. Like is there... Yeah, I mean... Me yeah. saying Trump's not good at golf would probably incite some people, people's <laughs> anger. But I, I think that mm, mm. I, I think you're right. I think our community—that was the big difference between a podcast and a broadcast. And I think people, you know, the term broadcast is true. It's broad. It's <laughs> it, that's what it's yeah. designed to do, and you're designed to be as broad as possible. And I remember um, it was da- David Gingell um, who was head of nine. Um, and an amazing brain for television. He really taught Hamish and I a lot, and we became good mates. And he got us across to, to Channel Nine. He said that in one of our first meetings. He says, "Because you, as a creative, you want to be niche and you want to be edgy sometimes, and mm. and you, and you feel that that's the cool spot to be." But he said, "Hey, just remember, your broadcasters not narrowcasters." And uh, talking about the appeal of the show being widespread. And that we should possibly lean into that. And and that was really good advice because it's 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 where we naturally play anyway. We like mm. being inclusive and everyone having fun and it being family orientated. But hopefully, there's enough cheekiness that it can play older, but kids can still tune in, all that kind of stuff. It wasn't like we're like, oh, we need to make this as broad as possible. It's just where we naturally played. And at early on, I cert- certainly felt like I was like, oh... Maybe I want to be edgier because I want to be cooler, so to speak. But Mm -hmm. it wasn't really where I wanted to naturally play, and and you and you kind of quickly realised you can probably have both in in a certain way. Um, So yeah, for our community and and the people listening to us, when we went to the podcast, I think we didn't have to be as broad, um, which is is, which is a nice freedom, I suppose,
1: but. what is the feeling Again, if not- you've gone from the medium of well, radio which like- is the broadcast to the medium of podcasting? I think it's it's not too
2: different but the deep in jokes like and the deep <laughs> yeah. like the way people interact with the show mm-hmm. is so deep that if you're doing a radio show you would have to constantly go someone rings up and and says a joke that is referencing, you know, something that's been a running joke for eight years, you'd have to go, oh, of course, and <laughs> Yeah, uh, referencing the... You know, well, I think CB would, say, CB
0: would say, like, because we we sort of asked him to air check us and one of the things that, like, yeah. just for a bit of an interesting thing is, like, you're serving your P1s too much. Like, no one's yeah. going to know these references and all that sort of thing. But yeah. do you think that that, like, things have changed? Like, do you think that, like, with podcasting, Like, is there an opportunity... Like, how do you grow, I guess? How do you... Like, you're in a position where you've got an audience. Do you find Mm. that you're getting new listeners?
2: Yeah. Yeah, we have. It's, um, We were surprised that um, our podcast, as far as like the daily... The uh, the per show download, obviously, we had five shows a week Mm -hmm. in the last week. But going to one, it actually... Five times the amount of people started listening. To the yeah. podcast, right. so we were that was a surprise for us. So roughly, maybe four to five, and we were like, "Oh wow, okay." People want we. I I was surprised because I didn't expect people to care that we left the radio that much, and perhaps they were like, "Oh yeah, I still liked those guys a bit," so I'm going to find them. But they didn't have to do that when they could turn their radio on every day. So that was that was a nice uh, uptake, um, and then. Yeah, from from there we still want the show to be accessible for all. It's not about going mega fans. You will enjoy this. You'll have no idea where you're up to if you just tune in. I don't think that's ever So where's the nuance the then?
0: Like so how do you get the in jokes while still being inclusive?
2: I think what we'd have decided is there are in jokes that we're not going to try to um, explain. Yeah. And mm-hmm. they just roll past but they're moments. And so the deeper listener will laugh at those moments, but for those who don't know, hopefully they just fly on by and you didn't mm-hmm. even know that you missed out mm-hmm. anything. Yeah, yeah. Um, And so that. What's well, like being in a conversation
1: yeah, with a group of people and there's a someone makes a joke and you don't hear it, but you laugh because mm-hmm. everyone else is laughing. <laughs> so I feel like there's <laughs> yeah, a version yeah, yeah. of listening to a podcast. Where you're like, ha ha. I'm, there's I'm a joke
0: There's a stickiness to that as well, right? Like I think that. There's a sense, I think, especially with H&A, it's like you want to, when you listen to an episode, if you haven't listened to the other, other episodes, like there is that sense that you want to go back because like, hang on, this is something mm. that's being mentioned here. I get it. It's funny, but I think I, like I need to go back.
2: Yeah, I agree. I, and I, I think that there's certainly, I have friends go, hey, what's all this about? <laughs> you know, and I go and I'll explain it to them, and they go, "Oh my god, that's hilarious!" And so, yes, the intri- hopefully intrigue takes over, and that mm. builds into people going back and, and listening to more. And th- and that's been fun about the po- what we did with the podcast. There were some jokes, so which is we're in our third year coming at the end of it. There were some jokes that we carried across from the radio days but very very few we decided to try and create the whole new world and, and be do- podcast dedicated and so it was nice people can now go back to podcast one and if they were to listen in order from there they would have they'd be completely up to date for the podcast you didn't need to be following hamish natty for 10 20 years to to get it so mm-hmm. um that was something that we were conscious of
1: so 40 shows a year 40 40- Years you've, you've got thirty seven years to go. How how <laughs> different? Because it creators a lot. Of, uh, the, the ones I see online, you see them. They shift what they create. They shift their mm. interests based mm. on probably their you know their age or what they're into. Yep. What do you think, you guys? Like blue sky thinking, the Hamish Andy show. If it goes more niche based on the you know the medium of podcasting, what would it be? Um,
2: I, I we've only got one trick. <laughs> um, and so, I think we'll keep doing that which is essentially trying to make each other laugh um, and hang out and, and uh, the, good, the fun part about it is, you know, segments can come and go. You can get used to them. Some can, um, uh, can fall away. Um, pizza Lotto has probably seen it uh, the end of days where um, you basically rerang a pizza shop and tried to guess what pizza was coming out next. Out of the pizza oven. <laughs> uh, that's pizza lotto. Um, oh, can and, we have that? But, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's great <quite> fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, I think that's a yes, Josh. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so, But I feel like uh, what I love and particularly about working with Haim, he doesn't like doing the same thing for very long. Mm -hmm. Um, or the same line of stuff and we're both and I'm similar we're both pretty aware when we feel like the tread is being worn off the tires and we should put that aside and even with the radio show we only had one or two you know maybe two or three regular segments um, because we liked having a bunch of segments that you can pull in any on any given day if you felt like playing it opposed to Every Wednesday we're doing this, every, you know. Um, and there was some interesting discussions back in the day about that the, the programmers would go, yeah, but you need to give your audience something to hold on to. And I, I tend to agree with that. If Wednesday we did a segment called Blast from the Past and um, where we rang up random numbers and pretended that we went to primary school with them <laughs> and see if you could convince them that you did uh, by bluffing, Uh, which is scary that you could on a lot of times. But, um, you know, the people would look forward to that. It's something for them to hold on to opposed to the show. could be anything because that's also a good learning. I think for us was like you need to give people enough things to hold on to but then keep variety so it feels fresh each time for them and that's a balance we try to do.
0: What about uh, growing and like scaling an audience? Like uh, Mm. what we've found in uh, August... We were, you know, strategizing and thinking of ways and how we can we can grow and we realized, oh, we need to focus on all these other business things that we're, we're doing and we couldn't focus on that specific thing. And we're like, what happens if we did... Well, you and um, I talked about it at the time, hey? We're yeah. talking
2: a lot about that
0: stuff. Yeah, and exactly. It's, and, it's, and so, like, a, a, and a month ago, uh, so, like, f- all of September, we're like, what happens if we don't have a single guest on? And we would told ourselves that, you know, guests bring numbers and all that sort of thing. September, we had our biggest month of downloads ever, which mm. is just this weird thing because we'd been using this lever that we thought was yep. what was going to bring people to the to the show. And it was, mm. we we spent so much time like having, like sometimes we'd have, I don't know, maybe 20 guests on a month and it's quite exhausting doing that, like yeah. especially, um, you know, when you're in a pandemic. And so- yeah. That made me question everything in regards to how we scale up or how we find new listeners. What are the levers that you guys have pulled on over the years to find new listeners?
2: Well, going back to that point about the guests and and what (laughs) you don't know what... what, You know, we're throwing a lot of ingredients in a show and you don't... Rarely do you take one out and see if it tastes the same. Um, (laughs) And so... You, so, you feel like all, every ingredient is por- important and, or as important. Mm-hmm. But with Gapier, the first one season, we had celebrities. We did a Tonight Show slash travel show out of New York. And, and we had huge celebrities come on. Like Susan Sarandon was in studio, Coldplay played live, Taylor Swift was in there. Like, but what was strange was the feedback was we, we don't want these guys, people. Mm. Like the when when Coldplay played, half our audience switched off, and and people were going, and there, and we had, and it was the most kind of negative comments we've had because people have very cl- if they're tuning in for you, they know what you're getting. If they if if they're tuning in for you, they they're not generally they're not going to be bagging you out, but. Mm. A guest comes on and suddenly you're saying, you've got to like these people. Even the Coldplay, I, mean, I think they're amazing. I know they're actually, I've all since learned that they're quite divisive de- um, as, as far as their audience. People either think they're really lame or think they're really cool. And, um, I like Nickelback. So, I love Nickelback, by the way. Yeah. You don't like Nickelback, yeah, well, do you? I can I, tell. I don't, like, I <laughs> yeah, don't yeah. like Nickelback. I think
0: Coldplay and Nickelback <laughs> is the same category. Both uh, great bands. <laughs>
2: yeah well that's the thing. You you may be like people would, be, would have that opinion but it, they're, again they d- they're divided and we realized wow okay we're in a situation where we're trying to bring in stars to to up our show but it's actually causing some people to turn off. So mm. do we and we had that discussion in the second year do we want to have any guests at all and we we dropped them mm-hmm. and second year rated much better than the first. Um, because we went back to the core of what we did, which was travel and mucking around and seeing real people. Like we went on the search for more real crazy people around the world, which was a a better content. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, as far as levers, we don't have guests on our podcast anymore where we used to have a lot of them for the radio. Like um, Mm. we might make an exception, but now we go, if we're having someone on, we need to be in love with it and we need to bring them into the world, um, they're not just there to talk as a straight interview. There's too many of those. Um, we need to bring them into our world and, and so the listeners go, oh, great, they're playing along with, with the thing we're all building together um, opposed to stop down and look at me. Um, mm-hmm. So, as far as the levers were pulled, I wouldn't say we're, we're pulling, pulling any more levers. We probably dropped some off mm-hmm. as we went. We dropped off things we don't think we need anymore, and we wanted to make it clear about, um, you know, what what the show is and what it does. We've found it. Oh, I personally found it hard with the pandemic. I love live uh, guests. When I, and when we say live, live listen, like listeners, we, we have, I love having listeners come in and test them and do different things, and that interaction I think is really fun and important. And proud of how we can get through without doing that, but it's all been on the phone, etc. I'm looking forward to more live interaction, and also going out and getting up to some shenanigans would have been fun mm. and has been part of our show. but so we look forward to bringing those things back in when we're allowed. Um, but we also are aware that you can't when you're trying to build the audience, the, if the goal is just to build the audience, it's I reckon it's it's a you're, it's a really hard task. Yeah. but if your goal is how can we make this show better? how can we make it more interesting? Then your audience will build. Well, that's, that's what like that's TJ and
0: I always talking mm. about the fact that uh, interview shows are so popular because it is that common lever. But the thing is, you just end up with interview shows because because it is a yeah. good strategy for a lot of a lot of people from day one. Yeah. If you do that, then like so, for instance, if Hamish and Andy uh, back when you started were known as like you know the um, a Breakfast with the Stars, like uh, Kyle yeah. and Jackie O, <laughs> like it'd be a, it'd be a, It'd be a different story but I think so yep. You then there's a level of steadfastness that I feel that we have to do which is like getting people to know us, be smaller but do it on yep. using the levers that we want to then have sort of more um, creative control in the future.
2: I agree. I totally agree. And if you find – if you then you can bring someone – if you find what you guys want to do just between the two of you without mm-hmm. having to bring someone in – and, and suddenly, that's starting to roll. Then when you bring someone in, it gives it the boost yeah. opposed to, mm. opposed to, you know, sitting at the level. And so, that's the way we're viewing the guests at the moment. And there's definite times on the podcast you're like, oh, my God, it'd be funny to get that person on because <laughs> of this and this and this. Um, but opposed to, oh, he's available for an interview. What will we do with him? That's <laughs> yeah, yeah, kind yeah. of the, the, yeah.
1: Well, there's a lot of assumptions that are being made and... Half the time, we're just having a crack at something. We don't know what's going to be the outcome. So, your interview (laughs) version, what we've done, it's like... Mm. What's the risk then of assuming the way it's worked?
2: Oh, yeah. So, you mean like once you've done something, you... Yeah. So, then we go... Well, "Well, well, no... no,
1: Yeah. and And then... because then that is just sort of like we're, we're sort of taking feedback and then trying to say, well, because we all like to have certainty on a way something is working. Yeah. And so, for you guys, is it, you know, you come back and do the second gap year that is a completely different style. Do you guys really sort of strategize around, okay, this is why it worked and this is what we need to do yeah. more of?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you don't want to get caught t- too hard ba- bashing yourself up. Um, and you'll also find that not everyone in your team, um, I'm not talking about Hamish, but like in the broader team, not everyone necessarily wants to, to be a part of that process and, and you shouldn't mm-hmm. force people to have to be. Um, so, yeah, we did it for all the creative and all the back of house. Like we basically went through, because we were traveling different countries, we had to um, employ like 40 new people every day every show so even the people yeah. that you relied on in new york they're not coming to we can normally it used to take about eight to ten and then you've got another 40 to deploy. so going across beforehand to interview everybody to um mm-hmm. uh, to try and fill the positions the problem you had in season one because say if you know say if the graphics guy was terrible in season one and, and he wasn't but i just you know <laughs> to, so but i just you know say if that was mm-hmm. as a hypothetical and that was a problem you might go gee we put too much mm-hmm. workload on the graphics person we need to bulk up that department let's have three people in there you get across and then you realize one guy's awesome and you don't need the other two and you've wasted your money so it's 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 hard to kind of balance those it's, type iterating. Of things you can
0: only learn mm. until you do right like i think that that's what <laughs> we're figuring out and that's why yeah. t- whether it's 10 years or 40 years the outcome, all you, all we know is that we're not going to work out whether something is right or wrong until we do it. Um, yep. Yeah,
2: and then we liked going. I mean, I personally like going. What did we give? Say, I did. I did an exercise at the end with Tim of the first ones, like with regards to who we employed and and all the departments and how we worked it logistically. And the exercise, and I know this sounds quite down, but it's like. Let's review every – because you review everybody, every employee in their work. Let's review it to the prism though of what if it was our fault? What if we didn't give them the best chance for success? Because mm-hmm. it's so mm. easy to go, oh, that person sucked. They were <laughs> they were terrible. But if you turn around and go, okay, that person did suck. What could we have done better <laughs> to give them a better chance of success? And we kind of found a lot of the time we're like, oh, yes yeah, she- – that person kind of sucked because we didn't brief them well enough, mm. or we actually didn't give them enough time, or actually their office was over there where they should have been sitting next to this person, and all these things. Sometimes it came back to no, they just sucked, and we, you know that's fine. <laughs> but like, uh, <laughs> but if we took the responsibility, that was a way we could ensure that the next time round we weren't going to make the same mistake, mm-hmm. um, and and. So, we did that from a logistic back of, back of house thing and then creatively, we all sat together and Ham and I sat down and we listed every element of the show like graphic, voiceover person, everything you could think of That and, and Ryan and Tim had put all that up and we basically had three columns, keep, ditch, maybe and one, mm. in, in a singular day, we went through every single thing and just put a tick alongside all of them and then went, okay, they're the elements we want to keep. Here are the maybes. What would we change about the maybes to potentially get them in this new look show? And mm. once it's basically the
1: Apprentice,
2: that, <laughs> you, you, <Yeah>. <laughs> the you are of Donald the Trump. Trump.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> I feel like I'm more of a Mark Boris. Yeah, no, I get, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. yeah definitely. The, uh, yeah. Mark
0: <laughs> Boris does a lot of weights. He's, he's
2: he's ripped. Um, um, no, so it was it was an interesting thing to go do that, and then once you've got that set, you don't have to keep coming back to it like mm-hmm. like you know we did that because it was wrong and then as soon as it feels right just enjoy it i suppose
0: yeah uh you're a, you've got a really good business mind and i think but so you combine your business mind with your creativity and your how you think about audience and content like i think like that's the that's the superpower like that combo for you uh radio i've uh, mm. I feel like there's definitely
2: that's actually very nice. I didn't know what to
0: say because it was a bit awkward, (laughs) but I just said thank you. (laughs) No, it's true. Um, And so, like within the radio industry, I catch Mm. myself. I think that uh, Tommy and I are in a bit of a moment where we realize that, like, we used to reference it a lot, or like we'd be like looking at what the radio industry was doing, and like that was like a bit of energy for me, where it's like they're doing it all wrong and we're going to do it another way. And then you sort of like build your own thing and your own industry and then it's like it becomes less and less of a thing. Uh, But if because you do have such an understanding of the radio industry, if you were a CEO of a radio network Mm -hmm. in 2020, Mm -hmm. thinking about what you just described even then, just from a business Mm -hmm. perspective, what would Mm -hmm. you be doing if you were CEO?
2: Sell it. (laughs) <laughs> no, <laughs> no, um <yeah. laughs> Sell a <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I actually think that radio's absolutely still got a place. Um, I would I would probably it's it's a tough one because it requires more resources, but I think local is an area and, and local community is an area where you can really lean on radio still. Mm-hmm. Um, not sure if you saw the ratings this week for three AW mm-hmm. but um, in, during a pandemic people are going to turn to talk one talk back one to and particularly when they're stuck in their homes like uh ross and russ in the morning rated right at a 26 share um which is again the difference between the commuting person um as is that far also as like, like a
0: demographic that like so because totally. you talk about like um radio was uh broadcast this broadcast medium i almost feel that radio is actually just becoming what podcasting is, which is its own niches. And it just so happens that an AM band has a larger demographic or niche, which is yeah. older Australians. Agreed. Um, yep. And yep. so- yeah, You, know, like, you can what, see like, like,
2: like gold, gold FM is number one breakfast show FM. It mm-hmm. plays old music. Yeah. Like we, mm-hmm. it's all getting older. Mm-hmm. No one is, no kid is going- I want to find out what the number one song is i better listen to the hot hits like mm-hmm. if they go online so i think i would skew everything older if i was mm-hmm. trying to hang on to radio as the mm-hmm. ceo what about like I if you had to, trying- if you
0: weren't married to the the license and you weren't married to even uh radio was the thing because there's a lot of great talent yep. in radio stations just from a storytelling creativity content perspective yep where do you think their place is not just at like a band-aid fix where it's like ah oh, look we probably can squeeze a little bit out of this market for another f- 5 years before we're going to have to really deal with this mm. issue what like what do you actually think for like if it was a if it was a strategy that was because a lot of these have podcasts that, like SCA has podcast assets like podcast one they're playing yeah. in this space what what's the doubling down or what's the stripping back like, what's the specific advice that you would give as a CEO?
2: Um, I think you've got to find the shows which have a, a, a strong connection with their audience as mm. and they're building a community because people like being a part of something. Um, and so, that, that'd that be the... If, if, if you, you can look at your shows and go, oh, yeah, people love the feel and look and being a part of this, I'd hang on to those. Um, with regards to that, look, it's really hard to tell that... There's a lot of shows, you, you wonder with a lot of shows like what type of listeners are jumping on and why and I think that's, it. I think that was set and forget for a long time because everyone was just tuning into radio because you drive along but now you can, with all the podcasts and Spotify and all those things in your car, Apple CarPlay, you just got so many more options. Mm. So, the, what, is, what is the reason to, to, be, to be tuning into these people now? Uh, opposed to others and i think that's a really hard question i think again it's about creating communities that you can get on board and be a part of
0: Mm -hmm. makes sense uh thank you like not only for uh being on the podcast twice but you've you've helped us a bunch off air as well just from a you know uh you're giving your perspective because yeah as i said you've got that three-pronged approach which is super Mm. super handy
1: If we let go of anyone in our business, it's because Andy's been using the whiteboard (laughs) and moving it off like The Apprentice. (laughs) 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 We love you, Andy.
2: I'm going to say yes to. Uh, I'm going to yes tick to Josh. It's a maybe for Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's not a no. Exactly. What can we do with Tommy to put him into the yes pile? But I'd definitely put a cross <laughs> yeah. again for me after this episode. Too much golf. <laughs> uh, Guys love it. You love uh, what you guys do. It's um it's fascinating. And uh, yeah, you're ahead of the curve.
0: Thanks, Andy. Uh, Andy's thanks, got mate. a podcast called Hamish and Andy. Uh, you, yeah. should, you should uh, <laughs> download it if, if you like. Uh, otherwise, we'll see you tomorrow, guys. Have a good one. See you, guys.